Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how the devil are you doing today? I'm good. Chris uh, tried to start that show, then did a little sort of internal stomach burp uh, and couldn't and couldn't <laughs> begin. And I, I can't help but think that this is the um, long tail uh, of his body reacting to his last Abroad in Japan video. <laughs> Uh, on his Good YouTube God. channel, where he ate um, an unspeakable amount, unspeakable <laughs> amount of uh, chicken. 25 varieties of chicken. What the <laughs> hell was I thinking? Yes, Connor Seadog VA, who appeared on this podcast a few months back, uh, and I sat down in this very room where I'm filming now and um, ate all the, all the fried chicken, not just one or two, but every single one. And I don't so know. So many why I did different that. brands, so many different little boxes. And, and the thing that gets me is that I know how filming works, kind of. Um, uh, did, were any of them in any way warm? <laughs> well, we actually had an oven off to the side, right? And ah. we had to keep cutting in between eating. We'd stick the food in the oven, heat it up, and then eat it. Um, oh, which that it, it kind of worked. It kind of worked. Yeah. It was relatively That's fresh. That's all they do, don't it they? That's all they yeah, do exactly. most of the time in, in, in the family marts and the uh, sun cusses and stuff, RIP. Mm. <laughs> sun cuss. But like, as we, uh, as we went through, it just got worse and worse. And like, my stomach was so oily. <laughs> I just felt my, you know, when you eat something greasy and your skin just feels greasy. By the end, mm. like, I felt like a walking, talking piece of grease. It was awful. <laughs> uh, only, and I did another challenge with Connor just two or three days before where we ate, or we drank rather, every single alcohol. In Japan, so it was a pretty toxic, <laughs> toxic week. Yeah, followed if, by if the mine shaft, say... the abandoned mine. What oh, that? so is that is that the order in which it went? You did a lot of drinking, a lot of eating a fried chicken, and then you hit the mines. <laughs> Absolutely, that's how I roll. Yeah. But uh, you could the, the drinking one was actually the fun. Oh yeah, yeah. I no, the, the drinking one sounded amazing. You hear my dog because I've said chicken, and <laughs> he knows what chicken is. He knows it's food, and he knows he gets very excited when he hears chicken. So it's my fault. Clever. It's dog. our fault for talking about chicken. It's our fault. But um, I thought, yeah, I very much enjoyed. I thought you were just excited, excited about the Abroad in Japan podcast, Pete. 
Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, he's a big fan of that as well. Whenever he hears a Bronze Man podcast is happening, he's he's all over the place. But um, I, I very much enjoyed the fact that um, by the end of the drinking challenge, you and Connor drinking beers, drinking sake, drinking strong zero, drink, drinking all kinds of stuff. To be honest, um, the, you, you are visibly, visibly inebriated, <laughs> visibly exhausted, visibly wanting the challenge to stop. Did the challenge sort of continue into the night? Did you did you go out after the afterwards and 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 go for a dance or a karaoke? <laughs> we did actually go out for a drink afterwards, but yeah, the the video took two hours to film and we cut it down to thirty minutes, right? But the the last third, <laughs> the last ten minutes, when I'm visibly not all there. <laughs> Actually, there's a there's a period of about ten minutes where I don't remember what happened. I sort of I didn't black out, but like my memory was just white, and so I was really scared when the video came out. I was like, "Oh God, I don't want to, I don't know what to expect." And it wasn't too bad, apart from the fact I no. spilt a copious amount of sake all over Connor's studio. But like, yeah, I recovered after filming. I recovered quite quickly, but Connor didn't, and I think he had a bit of a rough time afterwards. And the reason is, I drank. I'm I'm going to say that I drank more sake, more alcohol than Connor. Because he kept mm. like running out of the room or pouring it away yeah, off the side, which yeah. he very smartly edited out. But uh, I definitely drank more than he did, <laughs> and that is why I look like someone's drunk uncle at a wedding by the end of the video. I, v- I very much like the um, sake that comes in like a little kind of plastic bag. It's like the stuff that you sort of see fabric softener <laughs> yeah. in. Uh, very, very enjoyable. But both videos are very good. I, I, I went on my little elliptical trainer and watched you um, chow down a load of fried chicken, which kind of, uh, it, it, it's not something you should be doing when you try to keep fit, watching another man eating <laughs> loads of fried chicken. <laughs> you burnt off 500 calories while I put it on in real time mm. on screen. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. But exactly. yeah, never again, never again, unless we do something like that inevitably next month but uh, yeah go and check them out if you haven't seen them guys on Sea Dog VA Connor's channel and uh, Abroad in Japan uh, it's yeah pretty uh, quite the quite the series but uh, I did get a haircut today but the mm. thing is my I went to get a haircut right and the video that I posted about the fried chicken I put out one day after Connor I had some sort of editing problems on YouTube YouTube didn't process mm. the video right and so I was going to post it at 3am then go to sleep for like six hours and go and get a haircut but because YouTube messed it up and didn't process the video, I was up until 6 a.m. I had two hours sleep. Then I couldn't sleep. And then I went to get a haircut, right? And while I was getting a haircut uh, downtown, mm. I, f- I fell asleep during it. It was like an hour-long haircut because <laughs> you get a massage thrown in. Haircuts in Japan are a real luxurious wow. experience, and they're very good. And I, I just fell asleep. And I remember just <laughs> snoring away gently while I felt the, the gentle scissors oh, trimming away sounds, at my hair oh, chris glorious. that sounds bloody lovely i've i feel like i've not had a haircut for about a year and a half now and <laughs> it, i feel like that's why i've got my hair in a ponytail for crying out loud at 39 um crisis uh yeah the um i i, I do find haircuts and opticians as well opticians uh, eye tests and haircuts very very soothing very relaxing and 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 you can't, the, you can't the, sleep during I, an eye test though can you no you really Sleeping can't they, they really they really regard they, <laughs> they really want you to get involved and tell us what you know first or second first or second first or second uh can you read the middle line please etc cetera, etc cetera. but like on i go to like a turkish barbers for my haircuts and they do like um the hot towel stuff so they 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 burn oh, your yeah. ear hair they burn your ear hair with flames mm. and then they get the cutthroat razor and they give you a little shave and then they um cover your head in a hot towel lovely perfume towel wow. and then they lean you back and they um like hit your 
um, shoulders and pull on your fingers and pull on your arms. Oh, it's so relaxing. I, I, I could really go for a massage right now. It's great, isn't it? I mean, I... The, the, this guy is really good. He's quite shy, and I don't think mm. he's ever seen a foreign person before. It's quite, a, <laughs> you know, it's quite a, just outside of a major city, so he doesn't see that many foreigners in this neighbourhood. But the first time I went in, he was—he looked quite scared at the presence yeah. of this foreign ruffian with a terrible haircut. <laughs> um, but as I've gone like four or five times in recent months, we kind mm. of peel back the layers. And get to get to know the man a bit better. I still don't know mm. his name, even though he gave me his business card. I, didn't, I haven't looked yet, but like he, he now knows that I'm a YouTuber, and so he asks like, "What are you doing this week?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm editing a video where I went to Hokkaido," and he's like, "Wow, Hokkaido!" And then I come back and I tell him about the trip, and it's a nice little. I think it'd be a good little series. Oh. I should put the camera on and film this, yeah. this little series of me getting this to know the shy barber rather awkwardly. The shy hairdresser, very very enjoyable. <laughs> the shy hairdresser. It's not exactly midnight <laughs> diner, is it? The shy no, hairdresser. No. Giro, in contrast Giro to Natsuki. dreams of hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's not exactly Natsuki's, Natsuki's hair salon, which is where I used to get my hair cut when I lived mm. around the corner from Natsuki. Those were the days. But this guy's great. He, it's weird. He cuts your hair. And I don't want to go off on a tangent. This is the Abroad in Japan mm. podcast. We don't discuss hair. But he does your hair cut, right? He cuts all your hair. He puts the wax on him and sort of does it up the way you want it to look. And mm. when I go into the hairdresser, I just pull up a photo of some trendy celebrity like George Clooney or Liam Payne, Liam, whatever, and <laughs> show him that, and he goes, okay, and then he does it. And he styles it with some hair gel and pulls out a mirror, and I go, oh, yeah, that's great. Job well done. And then he washes it all out, gives me a haircut, oh. then a massage, and then does it all over again. Is that normal? Ah, what, what's going no, on? No, that's really not what. So he, he styles it. Yeah. Why did they? Why does he bother going through the rigmarole of, uh, of, of, of washing and then cutting it? If, if, if you can only style it into the hair you want, why bother cutting know, right? it? <laughs> I think it's so you can see that he's done it right the way you want, and then he'll go, right, right great, okay. and then he'll wash it all out, you know, wash out all the hair. It's great, because <laughs> another problem in the UK, I remember I'd go to the hairdressers or the barbers, and I'd come out, and I'd be covered in hair, like a bear, and I'd, yeah. all my clothes would have hair, and I couldn't do anything, and all I wanted to do was go and have a shower and get it all out. Mm. But after this place, you don't even need a shower. It's that good. That's yeah. how good it is. Fantastic! So, how much does it? How much does a haircut run to financially in Japan? Good question. It is about four thousand yen, so forty dollars, which is about what thirty-two pounds. So not too pretty bad. Reasonable. That's not too bad. Yeah, that's a, that's a central London haircut for me. Absolutely, and you get a haircut. <laughs> you get a you get a massage thrown in, right? So, mm. do, do, do they do the thing fun. that posh barbers in London uh, offer you a, a whiskey or a cup of uh, cup of coffee or a or a beer? Yeah, you can get a coffee if you want, or a tea. Mm. Or tea, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's good. There you go. I'd uh, nice. it's, it's one of those great experiences in Japan: getting a haircut and going to the cinema because people aren't loud and annoying in the cinema here. It's one of those experiences you might not necessarily think about, but is better mm. in Japan, in my opinion. What is it? What is uh, the big um, cinema brand out there? Is it Toho or Toko or something? The, yeah, uh, Toho cinema. Cinemas. They're the sort of yeah. film company, and they also own all the cinemas. And um, Sendai's got a really good one. And I, mm. yeah, I just, Japanese cinemas are great. Shame they don't show more Western films, to be honest. You get the blockbuster films, but you get, you don't get a lot mm. of the smaller indie ones. Right. Like, okay. Yeah. The favorite. 
That was a good I bet, film. I bet, they're, I bet they're really, <laughs> I bet they're really sort of uh, careful and and and, and craftsman like about their their the reproducing or the perfect reproduction of uh, of the audio and the film print. I imagine you never go to a cinema like you do in in England and just see like a really bad reproduction or the film upside down or playing backwards or whatever. Like you sometimes do. You've seen a film upside down in a British? Well, cinema? you know what? There's always there's sometimes there's like something wrong with the sound. They're playing it at the wrong speed or something. I, I'm sure. I'm sure nowadays all of that stuff is kind of some of those problems are, are, are things of the past now because of um, digital reproduction. But, you know, about 10 years ago, you would get some pretty shoddy uh, reproductions of films. And you certainly get that in America. No, they're really big on like, yeah, they're really big on having that Dolby Atmos and they've mm. got like 4D screens like Rapongi. I think I watched Star Wars Rogue One in 4D mm. and the seat was moving around like I was in the, <laughs> like the uh, fucking spaceship. It was glorious. So they, I remember, I don't know if it was the one in Rapongi or another one uh, in Osaka, but there's a tickling thing. I think I've talked about this before. The seat has a tickling device that tickles your leg. And it's like a bit of string. <laughs> really? It's like a bit of string and it blows up some air and the string sort of yeah. brushes up against your leg and tickles your leg. And it just oh, feels no. like this, I thought it was just someone under the chair the first time it happened. And I was like, oh my God, help. And then I just realized it was some string being blown by air. Like, Have you ever yeah. had that? That 4D no, experience? I've, I've, no, I've never had that. That's amazing. I mean, that that is going at one lived. extra one extra uh, peg, I think, up, 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 up the weird highway, I think. <laughs> the um, I, I, I was watching this thing where this guy was, like, really into his music, really into um, mm. his records and stuff. And it, mm. it was just a news piece on, online or something. Um, and this guy was so <clears> – <throat> he had, like, a small apartment in Japan, probably in Tokyo somewhere. Yeah. Um, but his whole house was just – records just millions and millions of records um but this then the main room was this perfect sound room he had basically um this you know the, the record player would have been about you know 50 grand 100 grand it was insane Bloody it was hell. like it was machined to win a within a an atom of, of of where it needed to be um and he was big into jazz and his speakers were just like these massive like hundred thousand two hundred thousand uh, pound um speakers each um and 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 he was so obsessed with the with the clarity of the music bearing in mind you know he's playing on records as well it's just you know it they've got their charm but you wouldn't say it's the perfect reproduction system for for music would you nowadays certainly not in 2021 and uh and he was so obsessed with the cleanliness of, of the of the sound that he got his own um, electricity pole installed in his garden because he wanted the cleanest energy possible. He didn't want the energy that had gone through several houses and and had the possible and but probably very negligible electromagnetic interfer- interference of somebody else's kettle Jesus. or whatever. He had this pole installed by his own expense um, for the energy company to uh, give him some clean energy, which is amazing. <laughs> that is bonkers. But yeah, I love yeah. it how people take things really far with the ba- the biggest yeah. and the best. Such precision, especially when it comes to audio. They love that here. And yeah, while we're on the subject wonderful. of experiences in Japan, whether it's films, mm. audio, haircuts... Uh, we've got an experience that went wrong this week for one of our listeners involving the Japanese toilets. Um, we got an email about a Japanese toilet nightmare uh, from Ray and Vam. Hi, gents. My name is Ray, and I'm from Melbourne, uh, Australia. Your podcast videos have been helping me in terms of coping with post-Japan travel withdrawal syndrome. It's been going on for years now. Though, uh, today I thought I'd share a story when my wife and I visited Japan back in 2019. We went out 
for one of those all-you-can-eat sushi joints in Ginza. Oh, very dangerous. Being a mm. glutton that I am, I ate as much Otoro sushi that I could to make the most out of the rather reasonable bill. Whoa. Otoro sushi is the, kind of the fattiest cut of uh, tuna. Oh, it's very, yes. very rich, but very nice. Costs, costs like 400 yen per piece usually. But uh, good move going to an all-you-can-eat place. Or was it? Because Ray continues. An hour or so uh, after the meal, we went back to a hotel and I felt a bit mixed. I felt a bit blackout mixed with clammy hands sort of situation going on. Next thing you know, I was in the bathroom being sick over the over the shiny Japanese toilet of the hotel. As you both know, it is not a great feeling being forced into this manoeuvre. Uh, and as I stood there over the toilet, I overheard a weird motor-driven sound. And right there and then... I re- realised the bidet nozzle in front of my head, spraying water all over my oh, face. That probably no. would be the worst five minutes of my life for now. My trusted Japanese toilet turned against me and probably punished me for eating all the Otoro sushi supply out of the restaurant for that day. <laughs> Long story short, don't be a glutton, and Japanese people and machines will treat you well. Keep up the great work, guys. All the best with Japan, uh, Jenny Cross Japan Island Edition. Also, Pete, be careful driving. I heard on your latest episode that you're driving across the country. We don't want to lose a legend, <laughs> Ray and Van. There you go, Aww. Pete. Such a lack of faith in your driving skills. But but lovely at the same time. They they they, they call me a legend, and <laughs> I'll take it. I do like the fact that because those those um, B day sprays, you have to put um, pressure on the actual toilet seat itself. So yeah, I thought um, that. Yeah, so, so I mean, very much Ray was asking for it there. Unfortunately, he must <laughs> have been leaning like leaning it. forward with his arms or something on the seat, yeah. which then triggered it. Yeah, but like Fantastic. that's disgusting, isn't it? Like, good God, <laughs> I've, I remember. I I know I've I've drunk a bit too much, and I've been in that position. Fortunately, not last week with Connor, but in the past. And um, I made the mistake. Don't, one rule, right? When you come to Japan, never drink Bailey's Irish whiskey. As beautiful as Ooh. it is, they people don't drink it in Japan much, but they always have a bottle on their shelf. And right. I, I had this it's thing where I'd go out, and every time I drank it, I was like sick. And I thought, maybe my stomach doesn't agree with it. But I did some looking into it, and it turns out that it's just – whiskey that just sits there for like five years that no one drinks and it's like <laughs> so be careful don't ever do a shot of that don't drink it in yeah. japan unless you're getting it from a supermarket because bars just leave it there forever Tra- terrible stuff but uh yeah no i've yeah. i've often wondered if i my time's coming when the bidet is going to spray me in the face <laughs> is it bidet you said bidet bidet like it's the i was copying you bidet. i think it's bidet isn't it i, I always call it bidet 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 <laughs> <laughs> now on the subject of the pandemic this week one of the most weird things is uh, to come out of uh, the pandemic is seeing the sort of economic ramifications of the coronavirus and different ways how it's sort of emerged. And one of them this week is that apparently the Japanese wig industry is flourishing in the face of the pandemic, whilst most other businesses, unfortunately, are struggling. The uh, sales of uh, not party wigs or cosplay wigs, but everyday wigs for men are booming right now. Um, most so Jap- most Japanese suit retailers have been suffering losses. And this is the interesting thing. You think, oh, wig sales, maybe it's something to do with people going in the office, but people aren't going in the office. It's quite the opposite. And because people aren't going in the offices, uh, business suit retailers are actually losing a lot of money. Like one of Japan's leading suit retailers lost $100 million between April and December last year alone, including shoemakers as well. They've lost uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. But uh, one surprising industry flourishing in the midst of the panic is pandemic is the wig industry uh wig <laughs> company 
Art Nature in particular saw a boost in sales starting in October of last year. In fact, demand for wet men's wigs was 275% of what it was in October of 2019. Uh, why do you think this is, though, Pete? And they, the wig company does think they've got a good reason for this uh, as to why sales are going up. Any guesses? I, I just think that um, we've been in our homes for quite a while and i presume japan's been the same people having to work from home etc i think men think that they can get away with transforming themselves and sort of saying look <laughs> i've been at home for three months if you've not seen me and although i was bald last time you saw me i actually do have the capacity to grow hair uh, and look what i've done i've grown some rich luscious locks in three months <laughs> It's a good theory. It's a good theory. I'll give you mm. that. But for, apparently, um, men in their 40s and 50s, because they've been doing a lot more video conferencing, when you do video conferencing, you have to stare at yourself on screen an awful lot. And the wig company suspects that a lot of these kind of 40, 50-year-old men are just w- watching themselves on screen and staring at their own oh, reflection, yes. looking at yeah, their terrible hair sense. and thinking, oh, crap, I want to do something about this. Um, mm. So when they'd normally be in conference meetings, hour upon hour, and meetings in Japan, are endless. They just go on and on. Mm. Um, now imagine doing that and having to stare at your reflection the entire time. Apparently, that's mm. the reason. So they want to. Interesting. Uh, you- that that makes sense. I guess men don't sort of generally. Um, I, I guess we're, we're not known to kind of like spend a lot of time in front of the mirror, kind of worrying about this and that because we generally look like crap all the time. Um, but this <laughs> this this, this pandemic Speak has forced yourself, us to, to see. To see <laughs> well, someone's got a new haircut, haven't they? Little snoozy snoozy. <laughs> Susan in the in the chair, um, but yeah, I, I really like your haircut. By the way, it's uh, it's it's, it's almost undercut. It's a little bit Peaky Blinders. It is. I am Peaky Blinders. <laughs> Go and look at it on Twitter. I took a photo. I was so proud of it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because the old pandemic, everyone's wearing masks. You can hide your face with masks, but you can't hide your hair. So maybe mm. that's why as well. It's become the one part of your body that's always on display. Um, that's one theory, but yeah, I don't know. I'd like to find out more about that. But there you go. One of the one of the lucky success stories out of the pandemic. I bet the wig industry are rubbing their hands with glee right now. Um, in other news, a Japanese woman reported to the police for not looking right in a suit. Turns out to be oh. a crook. Um, this is another interesting story that revolves around appearance. Uh, this week, a cab driver in Hyogo Prefecture, where near Kobe. Uh, he suddenly became a crime fighter. On Tuesday morning, the driver picked up a passenger in the town of Akko, a 27-year-old woman with brown hair, wearing a suit. She asked him <gasps> to take her to a private residence elsewhere in the city, and he did. After he dropped her off, though, instead of going cruising for his next fare, the taxi driver called the police and told them, I gave a ride to a young woman with brown hair, but she didn't look right in the suit. I think she might be involved in some kind of scam. Uh, apparently, she looked a bit shifty in the suit, and the, the the police managed to get a hold of her shortly afterwards. The police rushed out. Um, she'd already jumped another cab by that point, so they traced that second cab to the woman, and it turned out she had, in fact, been pulling a scam. She went to the house, the home of an 88-year-old woman, and tried to done some sort of ATM scam, where she'd rung the woman up in the morning and tried to cheat them out of some money. Uh, mm. The woman had said, yes, come on over, and then the woman in the suit went over and took a, took a bloody credit card and was going to withdraw money from the atm and there's a lot of scams at the moment in japan like this aimed at uh, the elderly unfortunately given that japan is such a a big elderly population they're ripe for being Mm. exploited unfortunately but what i don't understand is what about this woman wearing the suit 
did made the taxi driver go wait a minute something's not right here <laughs> what do you reckon what do you reckon i mean i've, I've got i've got I, i've got a lot of suits and i occasionally wear them but i uh, yeah i don't look right in suits i think if somebody you look pretty shifty, looked yeah. at me and, and sort of went they'd probably go is that parochial magician uh up to no good <laughs> is that is that local clairvoyant up to no good in his stupid little suit yeah I'm, I'm, pe- some people can't carry off a suit it, they're either it's either too boxy or some people are just untidy i would say and I, i'm certainly in that group uh, of people like sh- whenever i've got a shirt on it just always feels like it's untucked even when it's not actually untucked. i just feel very ill at ease but i do i do i do wear a lot of uh, suits uh depending on uh, what, what i've got to do um but yeah I, I i wouldn't say that it's a great thing that uh, a taxi driver is allowed to just sort of go she looks a bit shifty um <laughs> she doesn't look like she suits a suit let's go and uh let's go and arrest her but in this case in this small very small case uh it seems to have uh, they've come up trumps with it <laughs> Apparently, she looked a bit shifty in the suit. It, it didn't fit her well, and she was unusually fidgety. I imagine he didn't just look at the woman in the suit and go, dodgy, let's arrest her. He probably put some sort of two and two together. Like She looked quite uncomfortable. He could tell she was doing something. I don't know. Maybe the way she went up to the house. I'm not sure. I feel like there's something yeah. missing out of this story. I yeah. don't think a taxi driver would run the risk of reporting a woman unless there was a little bit more going on in the story. But that's all we've got to mm. go on. Um, but the theory is the suit was ill-fitting. Um, mm. To be honest, no suits or shirts fit me in Japan either. Uh, and I'm amazed I haven't been reported yet because of the sort of the height and the weight and the width that I am is very different from <laughs> Japanese people, right? Given my right, okay. stomach protrudes slightly. Um, my stomach, my protruding not, stomach. Definitely not all the fried chicken. But like, <laughs> I'm amazed I haven't been arrested for looking shifty in a bloody suit. Shifty. Given all that, yeah. <laughs> shifty chicken man. We're going to take a quick break. Back in a moment. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, ninety-six percent replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a thirty-night guarantee. Plus, get fifteen percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realize that we're carrying them around with us. But 
If these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension, so you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. Hello, I'm Clive Anderson, and My Seven Wonders is my podcast where I sit down with some fascinating guests and ask them one simple question. If you could pick your own seven wonders of the world, what would they be? The guests' choices lead us to some interesting tales, whether it's Omar Jalili being stopped by New York Customs. They brought me in for the interview. They said, so what are you doing there? So I'm doing a show with Whoopi Goldberg. And the guy said, no, I'm doing a show with Whoopi Goldberg, as if you are. And I said, excuse me? I am. That's why I'm going there. He said, he's doing a show with Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> I couldn't believe my ears. Olivia Lee eating 120 pound apples at Soho House. I mean, it is hideously expensive. If I'm just going there once and taking an apple, it's the most expensive apple you'll ever eat. Or David Baddiel talking about his dad's dementia. The other thing he could remember are his regular insults. So still, when you leave my dad, if you say I'm off, he will say you've been off for years. And it's it's really comforting <laughs> that he can still abuse you in this way. Way. Forget the Taj Mahal and the Lighthouse of Alexandria. The wonders of the world we talk about are much more unique. Listen to My Seven Wonders now on your favourite podcast app. My Seven Wonders with Clive Anderson is a Stakhanov production. And we're back. What have we got in the fax machine this week, Mr Donaldson? We got a message from Frida from Gothenburg in Sweden, beautiful part of the world. Hello, Chris and Pete. Thank you for uh, the lovely podcast that makes me forget every year pandemic life and think about Japan. I recently started listening and I'm steadily getting through the 2020 episodes. Um, I'm a long time Nihonophile and I finally visited in October 2019. I have a story from that trip and a question, <coughs> excuse me, regarding food. On our second day in Tokyo, my partner and I decided to meet up for a friend, uh, with a friend rather of mine that, that currently lived there with his Japanese girlfriend. We went to a yakitori type place in Shibuya. The Japanese ordered for us, and we had a really good time in this smoky, oldie-timey place. The first dish was some pretty uh, pretty big pieces of chicken fillet grilled. As we started to bite into the juicy chicken, we discovered it was medium rare. It was medium rare chicken, unwelcome at best. All three of us Europeans looked at each other with utter shock and asked the Japanese if it was supposed to be like this, to which he just nodded and uh, looked like nothing was wrong. The rest of us were left pretty perplexed, but decided to eat it anyway, thinking this is Japan and they surely have everything um, figured out. Neither of us felt ill and the chicken tasted good, but I struggled to finish that last bit of chicken anyway, as undercooked chicken is completely unacceptable where I live, bacteria, regulation, salmonella, and so on. So my question is, is it common with medium, is it common to eat uh, medium or medium rare cooked chicken in japan have you had it if so what do you think of it all the best fruit from gottenberg sweden ah oh, fantastic whoa raw chicken in japan have you had it i know i've had it 
and I don't want it again. I've no, I, <laughs> I've probably had a little bit. I've, I, I think um, they're not as careful because their their food uh, standards are just way higher than everyone else. In in a in an economy that's kind of underpinned by massive amounts of raw fish, you kind of have to be to a certain extent. Um, obviously, with 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 Britain leaving, with uh, the UK leaving the um, the EU. Um, we're in a situation where our food standards aren't going to be governed by uh, EU standards anymore and we'll probably sort of move to the American model and start bleaching our chickens and stuff like that to kill the salmonella and have those kind of like mm. horribly uh, sort of caustic white eggs that you get. Um, so that's not great. So I'm not looking forward uh, to that. Um, but yeah, I, I, the, 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 in, in like um, in Europe, you see a lot of uh, um, medium rare pork and stuff like that. that that's quite a, a cool mm. thing to do as long as, look, as long as you as long as you keep your animals properly and you can sort of figure out where they are uh, where they came from um it's 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 perfectly safe but obviously we had a big salmonella outbreak in the 90s early 90s and uh the the, the that's casted casted a long shadow edwina curry and uh salmonella of the tory party of the early 90s <laughs> yeah the uk doesn't have a good track record with a lot of various mates going wrong especially in the 90s. But uh, I don't really know to this day how Japan can eat raw eggs and raw chicken. There's, from, from my knowledge, salmonella is very rare here. And mm. I've had so much raw, so many raw eggs over the years and never had any issues. I've eaten raw chicken a few times. It's a popular delicacy in certain regions. It tastes very bad. It's very slimy <laughs> and unpleasant, like raw chicken. Yeah. Look at a chicken that's raw. It is a slimy, slimy meat, isn't it? It's very slimy. When you you defrost it from the freezer as well, oh, it's extra slimy. That goop comes off. It's disgusting. It's horrible. (laughs) And so what you have to do is they it comes with like garlic sauce and soy sauce. You sort of dip it in there. And if you close your eyes and take a bite, it just tastes like tuna gone wrong. But it's bearable. But I don't like it. And I, no, I don't like it at all. I still don't like it. You know, (laughs) unless it's like special raw chicken, that's fine with me, but like undercooked chicken, that's a whole different ball game. I feel like because you know Japan does import a lot of its chicken from overseas, from uh, various countries, mm. and uh, the the edible raw chicken, I feel like that's specially raised, not battery farm yeah. chicken, but like raised on a kind of uh, like a farm, free range farm. So I'd be a little bit on edge about undercooked chicken, and I wouldn't eat <laughs> it personally. It's either raw chicken and it's certified raw chicken, you can eat it, or it's not, and uh, yeah. yeah. But I'm not surprised that uh, the customers in the restaurant weren't weren't shocked by that, to be honest. And I, uh, yeah, I'd have had a hard time eating it. But the next time you come over, Pete, we'll try it. We'll uh, we'll put some in front of you, and you can <laughs> taste it once and for all. Love it. Uh, and Andrew, was it who sent the message? Was it Frida? It was. It was actually Frida. I think there's a there's an extraneous Andrew. So maybe Fre- Andrew was involved somewhere. Maybe it Andrew was Frida the chicken. From, that, yeah, that Frida it says. <laughs> It says Frida from Sweden, and then underneath it just says Andrew. So Frida yeah. Andrew. I, I'm very excited, though. Gothenburg, where Frida's from, I've been mm. there. That's like the one bit of Scandinavia I visited. When I was seven or eight, I got a ferry with my dad and my nan, and we went on a trip to Gothenburg for the day. And you know what we did? We only did one thing. We got off the ferry. We got on a coach. I don't remember anything about the trip. All I remember is we went to McDonald's, and then we came back. <laughs> And we, it, was, it was ridiculous, and so my resounding memory of Gothenburg is just a McDonald's in a square, a nice looking square. How long? How long it takes for you to get on a ferry from presumably Kent? It was all an the overnight way to ferry. Oh it was my an word! Overnight ferry all the way to Sweden just to go to McDonald's and come back. 
That is the 90s. Isn't that the saddest holiday? <laughs> it was the 90s. We've got one here from uh, Sem from Rotterdam. He says, Dear Chris and Pete, my name's Sem. And me and my friends are planning to go on a trip to Japan, especially Tokyo next year when COVID simmers down. I went to Japan two times before, and in my experience, a lot of the hotel rooms were actually not what I thought they would be. In your videos, you have those amazing hotel rooms with your own mini hot spring or sexy joey tide baths. Where do you find such amazing rooms and what do you recommend to focus on to avoid disappointment and actually have the best time even in our hotel rooms? I love the show. Keep up the work. Sam from Rotterdam, uh, the Netherlands. And yes, Pete, we were the one with our own mini Gundam statue. Yes, Reference please. Reference there to a comment you made in the past. I mean, there's no silver bullet to getting a good hotel room. It just takes research. For Journey Across Japan, I, I found uh, the hot spring town we went through the name of which I can't remember. It's the, uh, it's called Gero. There you go, Gero, because Gero is the Japanese mm. word for sick, to be sick. Uh, <laughs> creatively named town. But I remember looking at Gero because I know we we're going to pass through it, and I spent like two hours just looking through all the hot spring hotels for like a, an interesting room. And then we got the thousand-year-old log. So just takes a bit of research, really. Honestly, just go on <laughs> booking.com, find the the area you want to stay in and then just look through the hotels and see what options they have. But uh, Mm. yeah, unfortunately that's it really. Just lots of research. Any advice Pete on how to find a sexy Jerry time bathroom? (laughs) Um, I seem to remember staying in a a rather rough old uh, Airbnb in Rotterdam. So maybe I'm probably not the best person (laughs) to ask to be quite frank. (laughs) I do. I do. We got one here from, uh, from Sean from Dublin over to you. We got one from Sean from Dublin, and he says, Hi, Chris and Pete. My question for you today is whether there are any idioms or phrases in Japanese that might be interesting to a learner and appreciator of the language. Things like the English, don't count your chickens before they hatch, and the grass is always greener on the other side. I'm a trilingual with English, Irish, and Spanish under my belt, but sadly my fluency in Spanish seems to atrophy the more Japanese I learn. Uh, One of the things I find most interesting about any of these languages are the unique sayings and expressions they all have. Thanks for the hours of entertainment, and keep up the good work, Sean, from Dublin. The only one I've got in the front of my head, Chris, is when the Japanese have that word for books you will buy but never read. <laughs> I can't remember what that Ooh, is. I think that's sundoku. Sundoku. Right. That's nice. not really an idiom, though, is it? No, I suppose no, it's no. a phrase like, that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> in English. Yeah, I'm just looking it up. Yeah, it's sundoku. Buying books, leading it on the shelf. I only know two idioms and. Uh, I can't remember if we've talked about this before, but the, one of the most popular ones is uh, even monkeys fall from trees. That seems like a Pete Donaldson phrase, mainly because it's about yeah, monkeys. I, I know you love monkeys. <laughs> Do you know what that is in Japanese? Even monkeys fall from trees? No. Have you got Have you got the, Have you you got got it in Japanese? Yeah. It's a, well, it's a Japanese idiom. So it's uh, oh. sarumo ki kara ochiru. Sarumo ki kara... Yeah. So saru is monkey, right? Saru. Right. Saru. More. So more, more means like even. Saru more. Saru more. Uh, ki is tree. Ki. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Kara is like from. Yeah. And ochiru is to fall. So saru more. Ki kara ochiru. Go on. <laughs> ki kara. Can you bash it out? Uh, soru. What is it? Soru. <laughs> Sorry. Saru more. No. Saru. 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 Saru more. Saru more. Ki kara. What you do? Oh, what so close. Do? Never yeah, memorize that. Memorize that for the next right. episode. And uh, that will, I'm sure it's a classic <laughs> Pete Donaldson phrase. You'll be at a bar in Osaka yeah. one day 
and you'll I like it. drop a glass of red eye and the staff will be like, what are you doing? And you'll be like, whoa, Sarubo, key carrot or chiru? And they'll be like, hey, have a free drink. That's what's going to yeah, happen. At least monkeys don't have their pants around their ankles, urinating everywhere. <laughs> go, well, you know. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Well, keep the stories, questions, comments coming in to abroadinjapan at gmail.com. Sorry, abroadinjapanpodcast at gmail.com. And if you have any idioms that you like or know, let us know, because I would like to learn some more. I do have a book sitting behind me on the shelf called The Big Book of Idioms or something. Maybe I'll right. bash it out for the next episode. But, uh, yeah, let us know what your favourites are. But for now, guys, enjoy the rest of the week, and we'll see you in the next few days. Do it all over again on the Abroad Japan podcast. Have a good one. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.